Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Victoria and I have failed. <laughs> a lot of people follow the stereotype that American education is not good. Every single day I had chemistry. When I came back to Ukraine, <laughs> enjoy your time and enjoy your path, your journey and your adventure. Hi, listeners. My name is Denis Andrushenko. I am alumnus of the Future Leaders Exchange Program of 2012, member of a Rotary Club Cherkasy Center and the founder of the Leaders Fund. Exchange Me podcast is about alumni of exchange programs, their experience and lessons learned. We hope that these conversations will inspire the next generation of leaders and promote peace and understanding around the globe. Victoria, hi. <laughs> Hello over there. How are you doing? I'm great. And I'm so excited to talk to you because we've known each other for quite some time. We've met both in Ukraine and Poland and now via Zoom. And I'm curious to, to know about your endeavors through all this period of time. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to tell you about that. That's, that, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's been quite a long time. As a FLAX participant of 2011-2012, um, do you remember how you got to know about this program? Oh, yeah, that was, that was a long, long time ago. And I have just switched my schools and it was like one of the... Uh, you know, new surroundings, things were changing. And a best friend of mine, um, she said, hey, there's like a program where you can win, I don't know, a trip to the US. <laughs> and it's going to be like all for free, all covered and by the American department. And I was like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Sounds like a lottery, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a lottery, like a scam. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? Like, are you sure? And then, yeah, to be very honest, I was like, okay i have nothing to lose and then our teachers started talking about like giving the validation to the program and validation to to the community itself and i was like okay uh let me try and um i believe like our testing was done or in uh, or on friday or on saturday nevertheless we we were having classes like all the way through and they said well who the people who are going to to take tests and actually try to uh kind of go through um that uh they are going to be like you can just leave your classes you know and and go and take the test and i was like hmm <laughs> things are getting better <laughs> so yeah i just i just kind of rolled the dice i i, I came uh, no preparation nothing like too special and uh pure enthusiasm all right. And how did you know about this, the next, uh, the following rounds of this uh, program? Did you so, yeah, even uh, follow up with those? That was actually very weird because I thought, okay, like I'm, I'm having the severe imposter syndrome <laughs> talking about that, you know, like I'm still working on it now. Like back then I did not know about it because like people from Zhotomer did not learn about uh, um, imposter syndrome that early but to be very honest i didn't even come to check the results victoria mentioned that she didn't even check the results at first so should you take flex program seriously well for sure it's a great program amazing opportunities to improve your english travel abroad experience an american culture but don't worry too much about it think of it more like a journey so what happened was my friend, because like there were like three different stages, right? 
and uh, my friend uh, she came because she like really wanted and that was her her passion uh, she really wanted to get to to flag she was like preparing for two years in a row just for you know just to take the test and uh, she just gave me a call saying hey you're actually in, on a second round and I was like wow that's nice and like so what do I do now and she said well you're coming and you're taking a longer test which is going to be like two hours or so like there was this longer task I don't really remember how long it was but it was quite quite difficult and unusual I must say as I also remember that experience you know what for me it wasn't really unusual um I've been preparing before for the Cambridge uh, exams right and I was thinking more from the perspective of maybe you know if I will have a chance some some chance in the future I wanted to try to apply to English-speaking university and it was like a huge dream of mine. And so I was preparing for those. Um, so when I was taking like flex exam, it was quite similar, you know, the audio part, like the, uh, mm-hmm. how, how do you even call it? <laughs> like, you know, the reading, then comprehension, then something else. It's interesting because the first time I heard about flex program was actually as an opportunity to practice my English. And I didn't know that uh, by winning this contest, you can go to, to the United States. So uh, as, as you entered the second round and then the third one, how was your excitement towards this trip? My dream was to become a politician and I had a stutter. So, you know, like public presentations were a nightmare. Um, so like the second round was quite, quite easy to pass and it was, uh, it was still all right. But when I got to the third round, and that was uh, that was very hard. I thought that I would not get through, just because you know, like I had some difficulties, basically speaking. <laughs> um, so what you mean? But it was hard for you to, to speak English, like you you didn't have not, enough practice. It's not? not no 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 absolutely not. The problem for me was the stutter, right? So the stutter is when you are repeating several syllables, like in um in one sentence right so i would say for example i could say my name is victoria like for 25 seconds right now i don't have it you know and as a small spoiler it really changed after i came back from the us i will tell you why and how and how actually in states they helped me to pass my my problem but when i was applying it was it was different experience it was um it was very hard and uh i was thinking that because i'm different i am not going to be chosen and as as you see, <laughs> the things got around, and I think like actually the differences and inclusivity um, are one of the main values of the program. And uh, yeah, so every single person who has any kind of disabilities are highly encouraged to apply. Tell our listeners what state uh, did you go as a finalist of Flex program? Um, I went to Colorado, Colorado Springs, <laughs> beautiful mountain state. Cheers, you're even going to California. <laughs> and it's better because the weather is nicer and the mountains are higher and uh, the people are kinder. Do you remember the call from American councils? Yeah, I remember crying <laughs> <laughs> on the ground, you know, like, like, I think it was very emotional. It was very, very emotional. But then the call stopped and then I have called back <laughs> and asked to explain the things one more time. <laughs> wow, all right. Yeah. And how did your family react to to this good news? You know, like my parents were very skeptical. Like, 
extremely skeptical since the very beginning you know like so i said hey mom dad i'm going to this competition which is uh, you know like, you can win a scholarship you can go to states for a year i was like yeah sure it's like how much is it gonna cost and i'm like for free he's like sure darling you know <laughs> absolutely and the next time the next time you're going to become a ballerina or something like, mm. sure <laughs> so um when i actually got through they were a bit skeptical and then they said well something will you know change along something will, like uh there will be some you know hidden costs or anything i think like, it's, it's very typical for the uh eastern europe like in general you know this kind of approach uh so just to be clear i love my parents and i think they're the best and i'm very grateful that i have them in my life it just uh the cultural differences in which i'm going to about which i'm going to learn you know further on in my life uh they were quite restricting so i was always prepared for the worst and um yeah and you know they were delaying on my uh placement like till two weeks before the actual flight <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite quite a scary uh scary process tell me about your first impressions from the united states so once you entered this country uh, did you have any cultural shock uh, how did you engage with your host family when they met you mm -hmm. you know it wasn't the airport it wasn't the travel itself i think i'm quite good uh you know, and the adaptation for the things which are better <laughs> before. So, no, um, I didn't have that kind of cultural shock based on the uh, quality or, uh, you know, the surroundings. I would say I had a huge cultural shock when I uh, have started the communication with my host parents. You know, some things during the conversation were not familiar with my values and that was very hard <laughs> and uh yes i think like that will be a good good moment to to dive in to actually yeah. to, to dive in yeah so yeah my first family uh, they were having a very catholic approach to life and you know just like kind of uh, short information about me. I'm also from the Catholic family. I was growing up in Polish diaspora in Ukraine. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was very, like, it should have been a very close uh, connection. And additionally, I was a very close person by my own. So, you know, uh, generally speaking, I wouldn't talk about my problems. I wouldn't talk about things which I don't like. I would just know work with a conflict inside me and adjust to the situation without causing the conflict so when i entered the new family there were some things which i would like not to disclose you know like things things change people change sure but uh there were some things which i was absolutely not capable of dealing with and they were including the religion and the communication part um that uh, i had to change the family and the first family was uh, very interesting, very unique. Uh, the second family, with whom I've been saying it, and it was a temporary family. I am actually in touch with them like up to nowadays. Beth Heinrich is like my literal mother. She's been supporting me for, well, during all of those years. I think like since I moved to States, she was actually the person who was helping me, you know, during the transaction time from, from one family to the other. She was the one, you know, like carrying out stuff 
and carrying out my emotional luggage and helping me to get through. Um, she, like, I can, like, write a poem to Beth, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, just a long story short, um, that was my second family and uh, the third family, which was just great. I had two host sisters, two huge dogs, and uh, my host mother, Laura, and was also incredible. She was uh, the teacher. Um, and gosh, yeah, the, the rest of the experience was just amazing. I did have some shock in the beginning, but later, <laughs> you know, everything that was, was, what's been happening was, was just great. And what about your host school general approach yeah like when you're going to states you're expecting to have an american high school you know with the cheerleaders with like american i don't know football teams and like you know you're choosing the classes and <laughs> diving in, into that high school musical did oh, you me, get that <laughs> no <laughs> you know no that was not my experience either i got to charter school so there are like several different uh, categories of the schools. There is private schools, like there are private schools, there are uh, public schools, and there are charter schools. So the difference between uh, public and uh, private, you know, like basic one, the public one is free, private one, you have to pay for it. But the charter schools are uh, accepting only a limited amount of children they are free, but they're having the same academic ground as private schools. So we were having, for example, school uniforms. All of our classes were IP, and I could not choose my classes. One of the um, required, uh, <laughs> required uh, classes was actually uh, orchestra class, like music class. But I ended up playing in orchestra uh, in, on, on violin after like first year of you know, studies. And that was an incredible experience. I've never played any musical instrument in Ukraine. So it was, it was nice. A lot of people follow the stereotype that American education is not good. But we talked with, uh, about this with our first guest, with Vitaly Deputat uh, on, on this podcast. And he explained that these systems are just different and basically uh, in Ukraine, we follow different subjects, a lot of subjects uh, simultaneously, but we like take a bite every every week, like one lesson per week, let's say. But in States, you have generally seven subjects every day, the same subjects. And this allows you to, to complete the whole course uh, over one year. Yes, and it is nice. It is brilliant. It is amazing from one side. There are no perfect systems. And as well as we can say now, Ukrainian educational system is not as good. But if I would have been able in Ukraine to choose my subjects all the way, let's start from the fifth grade, let's say to the 11th, I wouldn't be able to become a generalist on my later stages of life, right? I wouldn't have the basics, for example, to go into the economy or, uh, you know, the finances. Yes, it is, it is very cool to be dedicated as a child to one category, to go through one year of the classes, which you like incredibly like, and you think that those are the most inspiring one, but just, again, I wasn't able to choose my classes in, uh, in the charter school. 
they were having the same amount as Ukrainians was like of, of the general you know subjects but they were just giving them to you um, on a year-to-year -year basics right and then the first um, two classes which we had I mean it was um, I believe it was one and a half hour each day like longer type of the class uh, it was called human letters where we where we were starting philosophy literature reading the actual literature books and I've heard from my other friends from states that, for example, sometimes when they would need to, to learn about Romeo and Juliet, they would bring the comic books, <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course, you know, at some stage when, when they were given to me, the, the uh, man for all, um, like, whatever was it, the tale of two cities, I was reading this book, sometimes crying because I couldn't understand, you know, every single word. But eventually it, it gave me a wonderful chance to learn and to read the book in its source language you know and discuss it with native speakers whether it would have been possible and whether I would have chosen the same classes if I would have had a free will I'm not sure <laughs> you know it's like not I I don't know like I am annoyed by my nature so probably I would have gotten like into more of, a, of the math or more of the, of the, you know, science, like just to challenge myself. I don't really care about what's going to be the challenge, but like roll it out. But, uh -huh. but yeah. By the way, I wanted to ask you whether this opportunity in the U.S. actually un unleashed your potential as a tech girl, because we can connect it to your actual professional career as a VC partner. Do you think so? Uh, yeah, I'm not a VC partner. I'm currently the investment manager, but I truly hope your words are <laughs> going to become real, you know, in a, in a very near future. Yes, it did give me enough of the confidence to stand up and ask for what I want. Maybe if, well, you know what? I am called competitive right now. I'm called too ambitious. And actually I embrace it. I, it wouldn't be possible without the, you know, general experience in states, the opportunity to, to talk to those people and to be encouraged to reach higher. That's for sure. I'm not a tech person necessarily. I work within the tech ecosystem, meaning that, you know, I'm doing right now more finances and investments before it was business development. So it's about sales and, and, and marketing. The first encouragement which I've received to actually move to, to the innovations was in States. Um, we had my host uncle. <laughs> he used to work for NASA. And he gave me that page before I was leaving, like an actual NASA page, okay? <laughs> I still wow. have it in, 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 <laughs> in my, my house. And it was connected, uh, the NASA page, which, which was dedicated to the collaboration between, I believe, States and either Russia or the Soviet countries, but it was like very old one. And he said that he really feels that I'm capable of um, innovating, that I have to keep on doing it and reaching for the stars. Gave me the page now with a very wonderful writing at, at the very end. And it kept me motivating and, and it keeps me being motivated on the, the times when I'm feeling like I'm, I have failed it all. <laughs> you know, we all have those moments. As you already know, extracurricular activities are really important to American education. So let's listen what Victoria says about her clubs. 
first of all, our school was very small, okay? The whole sky, high school had only 30 people. And I was living oh, in Colorado Springs. Yeah, so it was a different experience from the ones which you kind of might experience. Like we had a very close connection with our teachers. We had the top, you know, teachers like helping, advising, creating our path. And like when I'm talking about, about this right now, I'm just um, I'm very inspired. Anyway, uh, my math teacher um, was one of those people who was kind of you know pushing me forward towards math and chemistry. But at the same time, uh, I was more of, you know, a social sciences person and they have started something, what was called a mock trial club. And that was the only club <laughs> you know, 30 people could have arranged. So we had an actual judge coming to our school, you know, and preparing us for the mock trial. Okay, so like brief story about what is a mock trial and how does it work. In States, there is a special competition for the people who are thinking of maybe now going to the law school or becoming lawyers, and I was kind of you know thinking about that one as well. Uh, each time they would prepare a case for like one city and then for the state, and you you're having a team. The team is divided towards prosecution and defense, and you have to play the trial. So you're coming up with your own arguments, with your own uh, kind of structure, communication negotiation like it's incredibly interesting if you want to find out what case victoria and her class were working on please support us on patreon this way you get an access to the full episode there and support the leaders fund one of the initiatives run by flex alumni that year it was a very hard case which they came up with there was a body found uh, oh the body was not found but you had to prove that the killing has been made like had been made or whatever you understand right so there is like a whole american in high school but there are native speakers who are having problems with coming up with an argument and then there is a girl who has a starter <laughs> and uh, uh trying to impress i i, I don't know what i have no idea what i was thinking about so i wanted to be on the prosecution side and i wanted to be able to prove <laughs> the murder happened, that the murder occurred without the body being found. And I wasn't really like sure how does you know, the competition goes through. So at the day of the competition, when we actually like we were preparing for half of the year and we had those trials, you know, uh, in real, uh, just like done and ready. Went to the US court, you know, understanding the basic principles of uh, the prosecution, the cross-examination, and with the created line of my uh, of my arguments and it was the most um scary uh experience of my whole freaking entire life this is that was a moment when i had figured out that i'm not going to become a lawyer <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was that was it but um it was fun it was very entertaining in the terms of you no know, just kind of going to the u.s court and uh, trying yourself as a as a prosecutor would you also recommend uh, our prospective participants to join any club of their interest or even even if they don't know what to expect, expect just to try it? You know what? If you would have asked me this question like, I know, three years ago, I would have said, hey, like, look at the top of your, I don't know, thoughts, like think out of the box, choose the hardest thing you can choose. Right now, I would say, 
look over for the things which you have not explored and try to understand them. I don't like I mean, don't necessarily go to the mock trial club or sure. I mean, you know, the any club that dancing club, you know, or like yeah. But if you're doing dancing in Ukraine, think about it as an opportunity to try something weird, something different, something what you will you might never even be able to try again in your whole freaking entire life. Like there is such a line of new opportunities. Try it. If you don't like it, go back to your counselor and say, hey, I don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. People are not being killed for that and just like switch. And if you want to switch like several times, just switch several times, but enjoy your time and enjoy your path, your journey and your adventure. I just wanted to touch upon uh, volunteering as another opportunity for exchange students to engage in their high school. Because at our year, during our year, I don't think there were a lot of opportunities back in Ukraine. And actually it is the United States where I encountered volunteering community service. And I had a few experiences like that. We were at Meat Canyon project where we prepared food to be sent to Africa I volunteered at the library, at some sports event. Um, did you have any similar volunteering opportunities? I know that there were a lot of flexors who were doing the volunteering, like fulfilling the 100 hours and then receiving, I don't remember, like a special letters from the president or something like that. <laughs> there is a whole program for that. And people are highly engaged to volunteer. And I think it is great. I think it is amazing as working as working as staying in, in the US, I was volunteering for fire department. We were giving the food to uh, homeless people during Christmas. It showed me a different side of the state. You know, sometimes you're you you, you tend to lock yourself down in, in, into one vision. Uh, you know, you tend to undervalue your opportunities and then you go to one of the richest countries in the world and you still see people who have no money for the food and uh, the community including the fire department is you know creating something like a donation center for those people to actually come and enjoy the food at least once per year that was a very strong and very uh, mind-blowing experience for me also in a brief uh, before this program, you mentioned that flags definitely changed your life. In which yeah. way could you please share with us? This is also very interesting. Uh, from one side, when we were talking about flags, we were talking about flags changed my life. But the truth is, you will never know the life you could have been living without flags, right? <laughs> Just in point. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's, it's not about the change. It's about the perspective. It's, uh, there is a very good saying in Polish language. Your point of view depends on the, like, depends on the angle you are sitting on. Like, punkt widzenia zależy od punktu siedzenia. So, like, how do you now sit, <laughs> you know? That affects your, your angle of view. And uh, Flex gives you an opportunity to see the situation from the variety of the angles being more flexible towards uh, other people's opinions, you know, being capable of defining the characters 
and the values and the very like of the other people at the very young age. So it gave me the baggage, the luggage, you can call it like whatever you want, that side of the skills, which I could reapply in different countries, in different cities, was my, my amount of just, you know, like random moments around the world, just to be able to, uh, to adapt fast, to find friends fast, and uh, to, um, to get what I wanted. Flex has provided me with an opportunity to fail. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> and I mean it. How did you fail? Like, uh, do you mean the situations when you uh, had difficulties to, to explain something to your teacher or peers? Or was it during your homework or some projects? You know, so this is a very interesting point. Um, when you were thinking about the failing, you were thinking about not being capable of expressing yourself due to the lack of the knowledge or vocabulary or inability to structure the sentence. For me, the failure is when I know how to do this, but I cannot speak up. Like I couldn't speak literally. And what Flex gave me was the, uh, it's not even Flex, it, it, it was my school, you know, the society I've been living at that moment, at that stage, is the opportunity to go on the stage to create a 20 minutes presentation to learn how to breathe how to pitch, how to make sure that I'm keeping the interaction with the audience. And that was like the whole school. So our high school was around 30 people, but the whole high school was around 120. And I have done around 10 different presentations on the different topics which were connected to my background as Polish, uh, as Polish person and you know the history of Poland, as well as to the history of Ukraine, including um, the Holodomor, which was uh, highly you know, undisclosed for the various reasons. And uh, I just wanted to, want to make sure that in case I'm over there, I'm capable of talking for the things which matter. Yeah, I was doing those presentations and I knew that I have to do them because, you know, like there was this, uh, my wish to, to show also to the Americans the different perspective that there are things which they are not aware of. And uh, it pushed me into creating those presentations, standing up in front of people, um, not being able to talk sometimes. Sometimes, you know, standing on a stage and having like 10 seconds delay or not speaking for 10 seconds in the middle. That's, that's huge. <laughs> well, now uh, fast forward, you are an investment manager residing in Poland, working with uh, startups uh, from... Eastern and Central Europe, uh, correct me if uh, I am wrong, and also talking with high-level business people, great entrepreneurs, and you have this confidence which can be admired. And could you share your path uh, from Flax and so on, because you also studied in Poland and visited Spain for Erasmus program. How did you evolve over time and how Flax also contributed to this? Yes, I'm the investment manager at Smoke Ventures. This is uh, the U.S. Polish uh, venture capital, which is run by two managers, two uh, partners from Poland and two partners from the United States. Partners from Poland are Boris Michalek and uh, Diana Krajewska. We are presenting over here in Warsaw and scouting for the best technological software startups from the region. 
um, Poland and uh, Central Eastern Europe in general. Um, and yeah, and two partners from the States, uh, those are the Regal brothers, uh, great investors from Silicon Valley with uh, their own private investments uh, into more than a hundred startups, including uh, 11 unicorns in their portfolio. So yeah, <laughs> I'm working with very talented people, very strong, very confident, and I'm learning every single day. But it's, I must admit, a... you radiate that confidence, and that strength that a lot of uh, girls could admire. Again, I want to connect this point with uh, potential of our uh, women in Ukraine in tech industry, but we are not there yet. And perhaps you could give some tips to Flex participants, to Flex alumni, uh, who are still young, who are still entering universities, but lack that confidence in tech industry. You know what? I was actually, um, I have randomly met uh, on one of the just meetups uh, with, with friends, uh, Sofia Hudzenko. She is currently responsible for the private equity uh, consulting in McKinsey. Uh, she is um, built a bit older generation flexer, <laughs> but I've been actually inspired by her. She was talking about the confidence and the amount of the of the uh, experience she had as um, as you know a starting point in, in her career, and also about flags being a, a huge part of that. So um, if I am the one who is not currently, you know showing the confidence this is the confidence which i've learned from the older generations and uh, if i would have given you know any advice on that is to reach out to the people whom you whom you admire you know as an entrepreneur as the um, you know, investor as uh, you know a pop star whatever you're doing but the people whom you admire eventually you become like them i'm not sure if i can give any confidence or the uh, general development advices to to that stage but if i would have to do one it's like don't be afraid of failing i was trying to create the um, community dedicated product uh, for one-to-one -one, um, meetings let's say or one-to-one -one connection for the for the community members to to meet up online and of course, we have started pre-COVID. <laughs> it was August 2019. Um, like I'm right now thinking the timing was freaking great. It was freaking awesome. I should have you know, pushed it harder, dedicated more time. I created a better case. Hey, listener, I invite you to visit our Patreon page to hear the full story of Victoria on running her own startup. She shares her tips, lessons learned, and of course, a lot of funny stories. We have some hardship of accepting failures and it's still a taboo like if you fail one time everybody's looking down at you uh, but in fact it's something that is totally different in the us and it's something that we can learn there even from flex experience mm -hmm. being at high school you know i really wanted to know maybe to highlight one more thing because um we're always talking about you know winning and failing and we are not talking about the stages in between. And uh, for me, it's a calm stage, you know, or the stage of absence. Meaning I can do my winnings and then I have a time to calm down. Or in case I'm failing, I also have a time to calm down. Do not rush yourself into the new experiences without 
fully learning about the mistakes which you've done. This time when, you know, um, it was a year ago, uh, like almost a year ago, right? Oh, gosh, I have uh, quit uh, the, the um, venture capital in which I've been working previously uh, for almost two years. I've, uh, you know, closed my startup. I've uh, moved to first Munich, then to the south of France. I've had my six months traveling with 23 kilograms of luggage, experiencing the life in a very wild surrounding, like sometimes, you know, burning up the, the, the roots. Um, and actually the friend, like, remember I was telling you about the Bob Telemasa thing, uh, mm. the, the um, uh, volunteering. So the friend whom I've met there, I've met on the south of France and I was staying in her house. 15 like almost 10 years after the experience of flex so um you never know where you're going to find your next friend your uh, next adventure your next problem <laughs> you know it's all um it's all a matter of, of your life just adore it experience it, it and in case you feel like you need to stop and rest do it it will it will give you a positive attitude towards know the future uh, achievements well thank you victoria on this conversation yeah thank you very much for actually for asking to become a speaker i really appreciate that i'm so it, happy it was a very awesome experience thank you guys for listening for tuning in expect new episodes coming up and we will slowly move into other exchange programs as well so that you are aware of the amazing world of opportunities. Bye-bye, everyone. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, see you around Warsaw. Bye. I invite you to listen and share new episodes and support us on Patreon. This episode is supported by the Public Affairs section of the U.S. Embassy to Ukraine. The views of the authors and guests do not necessarily reflect the official position of the U.S. government.